got the pine trees lining the winding road. I've got a name. I've got a name. Like the singing bird and the croaking toad. I've got a name. I've got a name. And I carry it with me like my daddy did. But I'm living the dream that he kept here. Rolling me down the highway. Rolling me down the highway. Moving ahead so life won't pass me by. Sunday, February 25th, 2024, and time for another edition of Robert Rayvolt's Incendiary Radio. But guess what, kids? I'm not Robert Rayvolt. Unfortunately, Mr. Rayvolt contacted me this afternoon and asked me if I could take the show. He had some things he, he needed to attend to. So I said, sure, I'll be glad to fill in. So I'm burning the midnight oil here on Sunday night, like the old days when we used to stay up all night long, right? So anyway, I'd like to welcome everyone out. I hope everyone's having a good weekend. And, uh, um, just some quick shout-outs uh, to uh, – see here, bring this up. Yeah, some shout-outs uh, to Mr. Mike Gaddy and the crew. Uh, uh, they brought me in for the first hour of the tribute to Mr. John Kaminsky uh, tonight. So we had a really good time there, too, you know, talking about the late, great John Kaminsky. And um, – you know, we just, you know, these old warriors from the Troll Wars after 9-11, you know, uh, they don't live forever. We don't live forever. I'm getting old in the tooth as well, you know, and we're not going to be here forever. And so a, a wonderful thing, the Internet, that we can continue to share our work after we've passed, like Mr. Kaminsky, who's leaving behind an incredible body of work. Uh, but anyway, so be sure to check out that tribute show if you haven't had a chance. Also, uh, a spoiler, I recorded a uh, movie review today with Bryzer, P. Twexic, and Pox Popley, uh, and that is going to premiere on Wednesday the 28th, and it was a two-hour deep dive into the uh, 1997 film Wag the Dog and uh, just you know watching it again with these eyes. So be sure to check that out. And a shout out to Mr. Richard Carey for having me back on the Friday Night Roundtable, even though we sort of got in trouble the week before. But I think everything's all better now. But uh, anyway, so we had a good time with uh, that on Friday night. And uh, so appreciate him having me on there. But Oh, getting to the news. What to dare talk about? You know, we're just two weeks past the Super Bowl. Has the world changed because of the Super Bowl? Oh, man. So it seems like so long ago that you know, we had that farce and fiasco. But, um, you know, just things are just moving so quickly, and it's just more and more clown world. Uh you know, yesterday, of course, was the South Carolina primary, and Nikki Haley got totally smoked, like everyone said she was going to. 
but yet she's doubled down, you know, so this, you know, brown face of the new South, you know, who wants to do to the country what she did to South Carolina when she was governor, uh, you know, she's all about that globo homo, you know, Kalergi plan, uh, and uh, the great melting pot theory, et cetera. And uh, it's interesting that that is just infiltrating the South and these mountains. I saw in our local Pravdawataga, out-of-state-owned, Adams Publishing-owned, echo, 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 the Wataga Democrat, that we've got yet another, you know, uh, toxic high-capacity uh, hotel going in and to the area around New Boone, echo, echo, echo. And instead of a Jewish family this time, it's actually more Indian families, you know, with their hotels moving in. So it's interesting to watch from D.C. all the way down the I-95 and I-85 corridors. It's just this Indian invasion, and it's, you know, uh, you know now – Coming up into the high country here, Wilts County, uh, as well. Uh, you know, all these Indian families with their ill-gotten gains coming up and buying up all these hotel chains. You know, old family hotel chains throughout these Appalachian Mountains. So, so it's quite the uh, thing. But uh, I think we should play the Nikki Haley uh, song just to get things going, get everybody nice and awake, and everything on a Sunday night. But uh, somebody sent me this last week, and I think it's just uh, fitting that you know Nikki Haley is continuing to run in this, and it's you know it's called primary, and it's just you know there to be a nuisance to Donald Trump and make him use resource uh, that he shouldn't have to be spending that he could reserve for the big race, and you. Know, uh, I still haven't seen a Nikki Haley sign anybody with a Nikki Haley T-shirt, a bumper sticker, you know, even in this little uh, conservative, you know, once conservative mountain area that's now a liberal cancer uh, of wokeism, thanks to Takuna Alam. But, you know, you just don't see grassroots support for Nikki Haley. But what you do see is all the mega donors just pumping money into Nikki Haley's campaigns, you know? So it's like, where is her money coming from if she has no glass, you know, grassroots support? Uh, but, you know, she's got lots of, you know, big donors and, uh, you know, those, a lot of those are just pushing the globalist agenda and she's you know, just a little puppet. So anyway, somebody sent me this song and I thought it was quite appropriate. So give this a listen. You're so lame, why'd you go and change your name? Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki, you're so wacky, let that dude blow out your back. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki, you're so foul, we all know you're not our gal. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki, you're so fake, you wish you were Carrie Lake. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Nikki, what a pity you don't understand. You break your husband's heart when you bang another man. Oh, Nikki, you're so stupid, can you understand? It's gals like you, Nikki. 
You know what to do, Nikki, do, Nikki. We don't want you, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, what a pity you don't understand. You break your husband's heart when you bang another man. Oh, Nikki, you're so stupid, can you understand? It's gals like you, Nikki. You know what to do, Nikki, do, Nikki. We don't want you, Nikki. Anyway, I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> so thanks again to whoever sent that to me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so just the politics season is, and uh, uh, just these primaries. And I guess what's so frustrating is when you start following the money and you see all this money going to Israel, for example, and Israel turns around and sends it to their NGO groups, their fifth columns in the United States that, you know, then support candidates that push their agenda and also buy, you know, airtime. And then you look at, well, who owns, you know, the Mockingbird media that you have to advertise if you want to have an election. And so, you know, you're basically just, you know, having this money trail of, you know, all these Jews getting this big funnel of American taxpayer money that then is weaponized against us, right? So I just well, find the whole uh, thing of uh, what elections have devolved into, um, especially after doing that thing on, uh, you know, wag the dog today. Uh, it's just, you see everything just kind of a different way. Uh, and speaking of which, oh, I need to go ahead and uh, grovel again in my best Sean Surplus <laughs> Australian accent of disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, my sincerest apologies for falling for the David Irving is dead hoax that was instigated by learned chicken swinger and professional plus-size conehead model Mark Picavage of the ADL. Uh, I did try to retract the story everywhere I'd posted as soon as I realized it was a sinker. My apologies to uh, historical scholar Mr. David Irving and his family. Uh, I thought it was completely vetted when I sent it out because it was already trending on the mainstream media sites. But we found out we had been had. So glad to know you're still with us. And uh, we've been right all along about the ADL. Uh, <laughs> you know that they would do something that bad. Yes, just uh, but you know what is it? The ends justify the means in the modern Maccabee mindset. But anyway, so uh, we're going to be opening up the phone lines at the bottom of the first, you know, bottom of the hour, first break. So if you want to call in and tell me what you want to talk about tonight, as I'm filling in for Mr. Robert Raybolt, you can call it at five one two two four eight. 8252, that's 512-248-8252, or toll-free 800-313-9443, that's 800-313-9443. So, let's see here, making sure everything's good in the prompts here, okay, and there, okay. Very busy night here on Skype, so, uh, but yeah, just... Uh, hope everyone's having a good weekend. Uh, busy, busy, busy weekend here on Blackjack Mountain. We uh, went from T-shirt weather again to snow, so we had a nice layer of snow. And uh, 
last night after I finished the Snack Shack show, I got to walk the Northeast Passage that goes from the Trading Post building to Atma's up the hill a ways, up the holler, as we say, and discovered that instead of snowing throughout my show, it had been sleeting, so I had a nice layer of ice to get across the Northeast Passage, uh, you know, uh, to... Yeah, but that's where yeah the Saturday night party was, and I had to get over there. So I managed to get across that without busting my butt, which was fun. Uh, but you know, life on Blackjack Mountain—you gotta love it. But uh, yeah, going back to you know the news feeds and all. Uh, you know, where do you start? You know, <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. Again, after watch uh, doing the thing on Wag the Dog is this thing with Google's AI erasing white people <laughs> in all the searches. And of course, we the people that listen to Robert Raybolt's show and people that listen to my show, you know this is everywhere, that there is this full assault on blotting out whitey. Uh, so <laughs> that, you know, this AI, it was so over the top with it that it broke into the noise floor of, you know, Mockingbird Media, and they were actually having to address it. And, you know, they keep <laughs> going back to, you know, this myth that Silicon Valley is owned by old white guys. And at first, I thought this was a deep fake when somebody sent me the Alex Jones uh, clip where he's responding to the story and saying that Google is owned by old white guys, and it's like you know, you know, Larry Page and Sergey Brin are not white guys. You know, they are chicken swinger supremacists in the ninth degree. I mean, they are the energy behind this whole uh, post free wills dreams of people like Noah Harari. Uh, that yeah, they're going to get the data, and you know, it's like, uh, you know, what has Google been doing all this time, and you know, why did they spend so much money to acquire and weaponize YouTube and uh, throw people like me off? You know, it's uh, interesting the the battles uh, we would have with YouTube over uh, my not only you know my shows uh, that I would be posting but also reference material that I would put together for each show. I would put together a playlist. And, you know, so many of those videos would get flagged and you know, marked, et cetera. And uh, when they finally, YouTube finally uh, shut down the Breakfast Club uh, channel completely and there was no appeal, I was not accused of any terms of service community standard I had broke. But yet, you know, ne nevertheless, my account was gone. Uh, and that just completely shot up the Trading Post website. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, I apologize. It's in a pitiful shape right now. It's been shot up all to pieces, as we say, uh, because of all this, you know, censorship of my material, you know, in the various formats. And uh, it's all from the same type of mindset that Larry Page and Sergey Brin have of, you know, there is no, you know, the Constitution doesn't matter. You know, you, you, know, you, you Americans are still, you, you don't realize you've been conquered. You know, we run things now. You know, we're the Jew function, right? Uh, and, you know, that is the mindset and this, that, you know, they are 
gathering up all this information, profiling everybody, and then applying their little Talmudic overlays, you know, accordingly. And this is, you know, fourth and fifth generation warfare and this idea of just, you know, blotting out white people. You know, this is mitzvah. I think it's hilarious that they have uh, pulled uh, Jonathan Leibowitz, a.k.a. John Stewart, out of mothballs. Uh, for the run-up to the election. And you know, he is you know, out there saying, yes, Jews and black people need to team up to get whitey. And it's like, yes, this is comedy. I can see why that's comedy. And my hate facts keep getting me censored everywhere between you know, the Watauga Democrat, Appalachian State University, CNN, you know, the YouTube. You know, it just goes on and on and on. It's all so tiresome. Um, but that you know I, the thing with Alex Jones though is just you know seriously that is just so over the top that you know, it's like no it's not old white guys I'm sorry uh, not to punch right I know we're not supposed to punch right and talk bad about other radio hosts but I couldn't help myself with that particular Alex Jones and I think uh, you know just more of this you know. Uh, idea of you know, the full on assault against white people uh this uh, uh bill that just passed in virginia the commonwealth of virginia our sister state to the north uh, that is going to strip the united daughters of the confederacy of their tax exempt status and basically this is a historical preservation group that they are saying is hateful by its existence and therefore needs to be penalized by having to pay more taxes to the unconstitutional IRS, you know, that boogaboo of you know, the Federal Reserve, <clears throat> their collection arm, kind of like the Knight Templars were for, for the Priory of Zion. Uh, but this, you know, just this pettiness of, you know, we're punishing white people. All white people have to be collectively punished. Uh, and then you see this story coming out about the Supreme Court allowing a $2.5 billion settlement against the Boy Scouts of America to cover the sex abuse victims that magically happen to Boy Scouts. And, you know, when I was a Boy Scout, I was a Eagle Scout. I was a senior patrol leader. I was an assistant scout master. My father was a scout master. Uh, that was back in the day when my father was a <laughs> chief master sergeant, retired, in a full E9. My scout master was a Green Beret colonel in the Army Corps of Engineers, uh, the other scoutmaster was a guy named Major Joe West, who was a pilot in World War II, and the uh, other scoutmaster was a drill sergeant at uh, 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 Camp Lejeune, you know. Um, and so this was a completely different scouting that I grew up in than this post-woke thing that got imposed upon scouts 
by the power of the purse. When they started doing, I'll remember all the United Way that, oh, just give it to United Way and it will disperse your money through various agencies. And basically, it was a Jewish thing to say, you know, yes, give us the money and then we'll decide who gets it and who doesn't. And then you get all the leverage politics and you can just map out all the stages of you know taking the Boy Scouts from what it originally started out to be and turning it into this, you know, what weaponized woke system to do the opposite of what it was supposed to be, right? And so this is like Zabatee and Frankist, everything's gotta be the opposite. And so to turn, you know, the Boy Scouts basically into NAMBLA and then act surprised that you are faced with all these sexual assault suits that are not only going after the Boy Scouts, but after, you know, often the Christian churches that would support a Boy Scout troop and a Cub Scout troop and a Girl Scout troop, you know, and a Brownies troop. And so going after them in this and, you know, trying to strip them of their tax-exempt status, you know, this is, you know, the kind of warfare, you know, fourth, fifth-generation warfare we're under. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, will this be the final death knell of uh, Boy Scouts or will Boy Scouts, you know, reclaim uh, their heritage and, you know, drive the slime mold out, you know, it's kind of like education. It's the slime mold is so infiltrated into everything that, you know, trying to salvage these systems, you know, is sometimes a futile cause rather than just developing a new parallel system beside it. Uh, and uh, I see a lot of that going on here in the Southeast where, a basically it's you know a template of what boy scouts used to be uh, and they're you know doing things like uh the one that's called i think trail masters or something like that and so you're seeing these you know youth groups pop up uh that are basically it's like no we don't <laughs> want you know, the woke agenda, we see what it is. It's predatory. We don't want it. Um, and, you know, we're getting back to this type of system. And, you know, uh, you know, my personal experience is I was in both one of the alpha main troops in the county, you know, the blue ribbon presidential winners type scout troop. And I also tried to put in one of the first diversity scout troops in Wilts County. And that was a flaming disaster failure, right? That I always blamed on myself, but realized I had been set up to fail. <laughs> but, you know, and it's just, it was never going to work. And they knew it was never going to work. Uh, and, you know, it's just, you, you, that's just part of my, you know, uh, path or, you know, voyage into this idea back to race realism after being programmed with that whole, you know, kumbaya, New South, we're not prejudiced, we're not racist, uh, you know, just, you know, that was what we were taught, you know, and that's the garbage in, garbage out. When you have these socialist, you know, slime molds infiltrate the education system, 
and then they start turning out the teachers, then you've got infiltration at all the government schools. They're not public schools anymore. They're government schools, and they're being weaponized just like in the Soviet Union, you know, in the Bolshevik Red Terror, you know, they that's how they infiltrated the family to turn the children against the parents, you know, in favor of the state. And this is, you know, what we're up against. And uh, one of the things, you know, it's just more of the infiltration of the slime mold. We in North Carolina used to have an incredible university system. But we also had our public university system, but we also had some of the best and some of the prototypes community college systems, which were for training people to get jobs that didn't require four year degrees, but still required training. You know, and my father, you know, Howard Blackburn, you know, he was so uh, instrumental in bringing the community college system into the Appalachian Mountains, you know, and that was one of the feathers in his cap is, you know, he really helped, you know, build this up to be in a partnership, but still independent from the university systems, right? And when I went through uh, my, you know, high school, we had an exchange program with the community college where we could take college classes our senior year in high school and things like that and then i got my you know uh, associates at the college you know community college level then you know you go to university but when i was there and also i <laughs> developed a class for them on their one of their first transistor classes i developed for them but uh that's another story but you know it was a white appalachian community college with maybe one or two people of color. This was in the 1980s. And this week, you know, one of the out-of-state-owned radio stations was running this PSA about the local community college. So not only is Appalachian State University just pouring money into bringing diversity into Watauga County, but this new commercial for the community college, Caldwell Community College, was a over-the-top Hispanic woman speaking broken English, urging all the new, you know, new mountaineers of color to come out to the community college because basically there was all this free money all set up for you. So it's just more of the bringing in the busloads from the south border and then just dumping them in all these little rural towns with all these Jewish-controlled Tikkun Olam NGO groups handling them often through the Christian churches. This is what's so maddening is several of these you know big uh, box churches uh, – like there's one called Bible Alliance Fellowship. They are just huge into supporting all these people flooding the area on these buses, right? Same thing with Samaritan's person, Franklin Graham. You know, they are the, <laughs> opening the floodgates of Toledo here in the high country. And to have this 
high saturation. I think while I was out, you know, doing errands, I heard this commercial probably, you know, at least six times. So it was just heavy saturation, but just this, you know, obvious, you know, invader woman saying, come out to, you know, Caldwell and, you know, we're going to hook you up. You know, we've got this all covered. And it's just so, um, I guess it's amazing just how quickly this is happening where, you know, white people are becoming a minority in their communities that were founded by their ancestors. You know, this is our posterity, right? And we, you know, we talk more after the break, but the uh, idea of the rapid die-offs have died suddenly from all the people that were convinced to take the jab, uh, you know, we're suffering that, you know, that die off at the same time we're being invaded. And we should be coming up on the break here. Uh, not hearing the music yet, but um, anyway, that you are listening to uh, Robert Ray Volt's uh, Incendiary Radio. There it is. Okay, so you are listening to Robert Ray Volt's Incendiary Radio. I'm your guest host, Frederick C. Blackburn, and we'll be back after these messages and we'll be opening up the phone lines. So see you on the other side. And I carry it with me and I sing it loud If it gets me nowhere, I go there proud Bend me down the highway, rolling me down the highway Moving the hell's a lot won't testify You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. 
Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Incendiary Radio. I'm your guest host, Frederick C. Blackburn. I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Trading Post this evening. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday and wonderful weekend. And we're going to be opening up the phone lines here. Uh, but first, you know, just a reminder, this is listener-supported radio. So if you still have means and resource, please, please, please uh, donate to RBN and also uh, help out the RBN sponsors. You know, we need to keep this uh, network on the air, keep shows like Incendiary Air Radio on the air, shows like The Snack Shack on the air. So anyway, if you want to call in the show, you can call in at 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252 or toll-free 800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. And Mr. Producer, could we have... Oh, getting croaky there. Uh, Mr. Chance in West Virginia. Mr. Chance, are you there, sir? Yeah, hello, B.B. Kansas, excellent band. Them boys from Topeka are, are great. Um, 
Well, you're very busy. You get you're getting around lately. You're all over the place. I'm going to start uh, calling you the ever ready Energizer BB Bunny. <laughs> really, the fill in guy. <laughs> well, the reason I call you is this, BB. Uh, uh, I've been taking note of the weather lately. What else can you do when you're retired, right? So, uh, a week ago. I heard this woman being interviewed on another network on a alternative talk show. Retired employee from FEMA. Her name was Celeste. And what she said, what FEMA had planned for us, is pretty horrifying, okay? Now, I don't know. I think you're only about 150 miles south of me. Let me tell you what happened here Friday. Now, lately the weather, it's been in the 50s, 60s, and it gets down to the mid to lower 30s at night, right? Last Friday, two days ago, between 2 and 2.30 p.m., I've never seen such strong winds. It blew off my chimney cap. It blew trash cans down the mountain. See, I'm on top of the mountain, so when the wind blows, everything goes down the mountain. You know, I have to do my mountain climber imitation to go retrieve things, you see? So, uh, the wind was, a, i never seen such strong wind. And not only that, a blinding uh, a hail, blinding hail for a half hour, very heavy hail. And this happened for a half hour, and it got dark, and then the sun came out again. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is number one, I don't know how erratic the weather is where you're at, too. Are you noticing anything? Well, we always have extreme weather here on Blackjack Mountain. We're at the ridgeline between the river valleys uh, for the Eastern Continental Divide. So you have, you know, basically the Yadkin River on one side of us and the New River on the other, and the associated weather fronts are always bouncing into each other up here on the mountain. Uh, but yeah, it's a freaky weather. It's just the yeah. you know the extremes. I guess what gets me is used to when I first you know came up here about twenty years ago. Um, you know, it was it got cold at the end of October and it did not get warm again until March. Right. And you, you just had that constant cold. And now it seems like it's, you know, warm and then freezing cold, warm and freezing cold. And you get these very uh, severe storms associated with those big deltas mm-hmm. and temperature and air pressure and moisture and all of that other things of meteorology. So, yeah, I did notice that, and well, you know, the, the chemtrails are just... The reason I'm bringing this up is, is because she warned uh, the audience about what they plan to do with the weather wars. She said the weather will train, change drastically from day to day. One day hot, next day cold. And based on what I saw Friday, was was really wild, really wild. Uh, she, uh, not only that, he made statements that they plan on going after people who live alone in their house. Either you're going to have to leave it, or you're going to have to take in many people. And they're already doing that, I believe, in Massachusetts. So, like I, like I said, she retired from FEMA. And the things she had to say 
So I'm starting to see a pattern. I think they're trying to acclimate us a little bit with this this erratic weather now. Um, this is, uh, you know, weather wars. Right. And it's, some, it's something to pay attention to because this is, uh, when I saw what happened Friday, I mean, this was really wild. Like I told you, it's been 50s, 60s during the day, and it's dropping down to 30s at night. But the hell was blinding for a half hour. The wind was, it had to be 100 miles an hour. Had to be. It blew my chimney cap off. Mm-hmm. I see my chimney cap go flying past my picture window. And uh, like guy said, this is a little bit too weird to let go unnoticed. So people better pay attention to weather patterns because I think they're they're weaponizing the weather against us now, little by little, and then just spring it on us. And uh, like I said, if you can hear that program, uh, I think it was on Dave Hodges okay. last week. Isn't it ironic? And a day or two later, I seen the, this weather, erratic weather here like this. It really blew my mind. Yeah. And, and All uh, right. It, it's something people better keep their eyes on because that's just another weapon that they intend to use on us. And I'm, I think I'm thinking that they're already started. All right, BB. Now. All right. Well, thanks go. for calling in. All right, All right Mr. Producer. Can we have Mr. Ed in Chicago? Mr. Ed, are you there, sir? Yeah. Hi. Hey. Baby, happy Sunday. To you. Hello. Sir. Yeah, I hear you fine. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. First time talking to you. Uh, big fan. I think you're you're spot on, brother, with everything. And I, I excuse me, but I'm gonna real quick go harp on nine eleven. Okay. Uh, I was a fireman in Chicago, right? I've thirty years. I retired now, but in Chicago, and I'm I'm down in Texas now. But anyway, um. When it happened, we were sitting there watching it, and we were all speculating. I had a, I, we're all firemen, a couple of us, we're all in construction, we're building things, houses, blah, blah, blah. And we're going, oh, gosh, how are they going to repair that? You know, and then when it fell down, we were like, oh, no freaking way. No, 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 that don't happen, (laughs) you know, and, 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 and in my background, I got a a degree in mechanical engineering, you know, and I'm like, uh, uh, no. And before that, before I was a fireman, I was a high rise construction. I I worked, I, I, a high rise. I, I I did that. And I, the, the I beams in those shafts were ginormous uh, the very five foot by you know three foot uh you know just there's no way a plane penetrates anyway i'm so sorry to ramble on uh oh no that i mean that is people need to hear that and it's like in the whole history of still constructed buildings three have collapsed all three on 9-11 you know it just doesn't happen um so that, well, that's right. why we always call nine eleven to suspend the laws of physics day. Oh, correct, and I used that last nine eleven. I I used your, I I texted a bunch of people. 
happy suspended laws of physics day. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just so unbelievable. Uh, what was I going to say? That's that's what I when I introduce that topic, I always say in the history of high rise fires, a building has never collapsed. But we had three in one day. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, right? Anyway. Yeah, and nonsense, right? You know, that's the other thing. Yeah, nonsense, right? <laughs> and 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 BB, I've been to high rise fires. They actually, uh, there is something called a wind driven fire, where if that side of the window where the wind is coming in, if that window breaks, it's just like a blowtorch. And I've been to you know, I mean, I mean, you know, very bad, very, very bad. I mean, the, the yeah, pipe so, melts, you know, a tornado in, melts. you know, like a wind tunnel f- of inferno. Yeah. Correct. Uh, and but the building don't, doesn't collapse. No, it doesn't get hot it, enough it, to melt steel either. It's it's hot, but it's not going to melt steel, much right, less aluminum. It, it melted our uh, hose nozzle. And uh, this and that, it melted the doors on these uh, apartments or whatever they are. And But, you know, it was just so farcical. Oh, and then real quickly, I, 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 then I'm going to sign off. Uh, so half the firemen were with me, half were against, you know, and it went on for years, right? And, and we'd be at a, you know, a get-together, and I'd get all... You know, uh, semi uh, intoxicated, and, uh, and I start ranting off about you. You know, wake up, you dumb. You know, dumb dumbs, and uh, they'd be like, "Calm down, Ed, calm down," and and I'd be like, "Wait a minute, now you can yell and scream at the TV about the god, gosh darn uh, football game." And holler and scream, but I can't talk about reality to you, huh? You know. That's that's the scary part is when you run into that brick wall of your friend, family member, colleagues, cognitive dissonance. No matter how much evidence and proof you have, they're not going to listen to you. They're just going to get mad at you. <laughs> you know? And that's. Oh, yeah. I made a lot of enemies. Lot of enemies. But I made a lot of friends, too. And guess what? A lot of the black guys, black firemen, were picking up on what I was saying more, almost more than the white guys, you know? Oh, that's but interesting. But now, years later, it. they're all going, oh, you're right, Ed. You're right. Oh, you're right. right. And, yeah, that's one of the maddening things about it is that, you know, you're not allowed to speak the truth. Uh, because you know these people will push back on you, and the you know, that, that and I guess you know to me, you know firefighters and policemen and first responders should be the first in line to want justice done and the truth be told, rather than perpetuating this. Oh, you don't disrespect the dead by talking about you know Building Seven and magic cell phone calls. You know, and it's just... You know, I know, I, I, I've heard your story on the magic cell phone calls uh, a few times from you, a bunch of times from you, 
over over the last you know, and and I've been saying that for years. You, you, you couldn't make that up, but you you kind of bring it home. You're you're well, you know you you're technically uh, involved in that, and you know that it was actually it, it could not happen. It's yeah, just so and, yeah. That was the maddening thing is, and my students should have known that it couldn't happen, but yet, you know, they were like your firemen that they they didn't want to hear it. You know, those are hate facts, and you know, you don't love America. You know, don't you know that you know nine eleven happened, and yeah, you know, that was the whole yeah. thing. Is the the trauma brainwashing of that operation was so effective. Uh, but you know, yeah. and you remember how they just ran the nonstop loops of the towers collapsing, never building seven. You never saw building seven again. But the it was just a t- constant loop. Every time you turn up, there would you know, looked up, there would be a television on with the towers collapsing. Right. Correct. And you know what though? You know because uh, my daughter, I just oh this not quick, real quick. Uh, I just got her out of Brooklyn. She was there for seven years. Uh, we're from Chicago. She got a job with the belly of the beast, Goldman Sachs. She's a millionaire, blah, blah, blah. She did great. She's out of there. And we got her. I just moved her out of there. Out of Brooklyn. Out of, well, she's Manhattan and Brooklyn. Anyway, quickly, we went to the uh, new, the hall, the, uh, not hall, oh, God, I almost said Holocaust. Uh, we went to the, uh, the new 9-11, uh, it's like a memorial and right. they have a, uh, a tour about what happened, you know? And then at the end they have these, uh, uh, it's like 15 foot tall, about approximately 12, but maybe whatever. It, it's a screen and it just continual of the collapse of the, the towers. Correct. And, we have a guided tour, and we she gets the the girl guiding the tour gets to that and goes, oh, and here's the, the buildings collapsing, and 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 I real loudly in front of like you know there may be ten people in our group, I go, well, there's the proof that it didn't happen the way you tell us. You're all lying, and she and everybody looks at me like I'm a, an idiot or a crazy man. And I go, if you drop a bowling ball from the exact time that the tower started to collapse, it could never, and it, 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 they, the tower and the bowling ball fell at the same time. It could not happen. Uh, pancake collapse, it, you know, it, blah, blah, blah. Nobody wants to talk. Anybody. Did they hiss at Anybody. you? <laughs> Oh, they were all like, Here, he's nuts. And my, my wife and my daughter were like, oh, stop, stop. Exactly. And, uh, even though they're, you know, she's pretty, cons- she's con- still conservative, believe it or not, living in Manhattan for seven years, you know, but she's still uh, very conservative. So anyway, we got her, to- I just drove her, I just moved her down if I'm <laughs> From Brooklyn uh, to Texas, we go from you know blah blah blah. But oh, anyway, that's great. Thank you so much for your time, sir. 
All right. right. Thank you for calling in. Great you observations. Are, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, guys who actually know the physics, listen to them. <laughs> yeah, this is a firefighter here that knows about steel frame buildings. Listen to him. So anyway, so yeah. Call in. <laughs> no, it's not, not it's, it's a contents fire. What do we call a contents fire? You, you may burn all the drywall off, everything. There was that building in Philadelphia, I think in the 80s, that built, burned for five days, and it was just a skeleton. And right, it but it collapse. did not collapse. You know, that skeleton no. frame stays in place. Yes. It, no. no. Yeah. Let's wake up, people. Anyway. All right. Uh, well, thanks thank for you calling so in. You have a TV. good night. Hey, if you want to call in, you can call in at 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252 or 1-800-313-9443. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, the Wag the Dog film from 1997. And, you know, just to go through that film and compare it to what I went through from being backstage on 9-11 and seeing, you know, all the, you know, this is the deception uh, that they were running and that it was effective. And I always say, you know, the problem with psychological warfare is it works. And they have these numbers all mapped out of, you know, with their saturation markets, blah, 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 and their influencers, they can guarantee this many people are going to believe what you tell them to believe. And these many are going to conform to this. Uh, and yeah, this is you know, part of those Ash Solomon, uh, excuse me, Solomon Ash you know, group conformity experiments. And so, uh, you know, when we're going through this today, you know, the first thing that struck me about the film Wag the Dog was the intro, which is basically just the words on the screen of why does a dog wag its tail? Because a dog is smarter than its tail. If the tail were smarter, the tail would wag the dog. And so this idea of having this group that thinks that they're just smarter than everybody else. They are the smartest people in the room. Everyone else is an idiot and doesn't, you know, deserve to be able to make their own decisions because if they're allowed free choice, free will, they will inevitably think in their own self-interest and make the wrong decision. Right. And so you have to have this elite that, um, you know, we'll make the right decisions for everyone. And so, you know, looking at this film that came out in, you know, in, in uh, 97 and remembering when I saw it and not really making the connections of what I was seeing till you know, much later. And then this past week when I watched it again with these eyes, you know, it was just seeing a completely different uh Film And so just going back to this idea of a group studying us and I go back to the night, I mean, the 1898 war, the world's by HG Wells, where in the very uh, first section, he says, no one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century 
that this world was being watched keenly and closely by intelligences greater than man's, yet as mortal as his own. And as men busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. With infinite complacency, men went to and fro over this globe about their little affairs, serene in their assurance of their empire over matter. It is possible that the inferiority of the microscope do the same. No one gave a thought to the older worlds of space as sources of human danger or thought of them only to dismiss the idea of life upon them as impossible or improbable. It is curious to recall some of the mental habits of those departed days. At most, terrestrial men fancied there might be other men upon Mars, perhaps inferior to themselves and ready to welcome a missionary enterprise. Yet across the gulf of space, minds that are to our minds as ours are as to the beasts that perish. So that just, you know, minds that are to our minds as ours are to those of the beasts that perish. Intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded this earth with envious eyes and slowly and surely drew their plans against us. And early in the 20th century came the great disillusionment. So he wrote that in 1898, right? And it just so happens that if you go back a little bit further, he wrote The Time Machine in 1895, where the future was going to be civilization gone, the world is now populated by Morlocks, the master class underground dwelling cannibals, and the Eloy, which are the surface dwelling livestock for the Morlock, and they were considered cattle. So anyway, we're getting ready to go into a break. You are listening to Robert Ravolt's uh, Incendiary Radio. I'm your guest host, Frederick C. Blackburn, and we'll be back after these messages. and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. 
The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee, it's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted, it's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.